Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, we're, we are back, and we're going to go to the phones, and we're going to talk fishing with this, this gentleman that's coming up. But we're also going to uh, we're also going to talk a little bit of hunting, even though you might not think hunting is a year-round experience. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. How are you? You know, I am doing really well. I'm in one of our old favorite stomping grounds. I'm up in northern Minnesota. Went and chased a bunch of walleye and pike yesterday. Didn't catch any giants, but the action was steady. Had a great time. I'll post something on Facebook later today. But the important thing is I got to get back together with my lifetime fishing partner, Greg Clausio, who you know from the ice fishing shows and things. And uh, there's always a lot of smack talk in the boat when we're together. <laughs> You're okay. I think uh, that's what happens with uh, with good friends and fishing partners because I know uh, – you and I step on the boat together, the same thing happens. So uh, it's always good times, you know? Yeah, the only difference is that your smack is made up and mine's real. <laughs> no, you, you know what, though? Um, whether If you never fish a tournament, you and I have done that, and never understand the high levels of competitiveness, if you get in the boat with your friends and you're not a little competitive, you just got to have some fun. Absolutely, Terry. And I think it just is, I mean, uh, the competitiveness of it is what drives it. It's what creates what the entire industry is. You know, the competitiveness to catch more fish, catch bigger fish, leads to innovation and leads to, to what the industry is today, you know. So, no, you got you got to love that, uh, that little bit of competition. Now, I know we're going to talk fishing and hunting. And when we get to the hunting part, you probably heard me talking before the break that, you know, people are going, well, it's June, we're going to talk hunting. But I think if they have followed you and I on this show over the last few years, they'll learn that we don't get ready for hunting. We stay ready for hunting. And hunting is almost a year-round activity. It really is, Terry. I mean, especially if you really want to create that success and, and take advantage of the, the unbelievable opportunity that we very specifically have right here in Colorado. Staying in the game, even though it sounds like a chore, it is far easier than it is to get out of it and get back into it. Get out of it and get back into it. If you kind of stay with things, making decisions of which uh, license to apply for is easy. Knowing your stats is easy. Yeah, it really becomes easy just by staying into it. So putting a little bit energy all year uh it's a lot easier than putting a lot of energy at certain times of the year so we're going to talk about it all and uh you know terry i think fishing right now is something that we need to start with just because i personally have had um just an incredible week i i spent the week guiding i spent the week on a couple of photo shoots um and i mean just this week uh i put a huge pike in the boat so we put a handful of big pikes we saw a pike in the boat this week up to 45 inches right here in Colorado. I put a, a lake trout that was 41 inches um, and unbelievably girthy. Uh, yesterday at Spinney, I put a 27 and a half inch uh, cup bow in the boat. We're seeing big walleyes. Um, I couldn't think the year could get any better for fishing, um, and it just keeps on climbing. So uh, it's one of those situations that I think our, our conditions have changed a lot. Um, things are different than the average year, and I know a lot of anglers are struggling with that. But the, all the rain, the moisture, the colder, later delayed runoff, 
it's really keeping our water temperatures colder. Um, and I know the bass and walleye isn't necessarily ideal for that, but I'll tell you, your mountain fisheries between the pike, the lake trout, the rainbows, um, when you delay that water temperature, you really keep it cool longer. It really makes for literally a, a tremendous bite um, that's second to none. So it has been uh, quite the week of fishing for sure. Well, and I think even the warm water species, you know, we reach what's called the summer peak. <clears throat> and the fishing started getting better long before we hit the normal temperatures of summer peak. But because the water in the reservoirs is actually staying cooler, the fish are transitioning a little slower. And you can correct me if, you're, if I'm wrong. You've spent more time on it than I have uh, this year. But they're, they're transitioning, but at a slower pace, maybe a little easier to follow. But they're still hungry. Absolutely, Terry. They're hungry, and that's exactly it. They're not the fast change to where you fish them one weekend and the next weekend they're gone. It's a slow taper. So even if the bulk of the fish aren't there, you're finding some fish there. So they're nice and spread out to where there's fish all over the place. Um, and it is. I mean, fishing is, is flat out good. And like you said, I mean, even the warm water stuff, I know the bass have stayed in their spots longer. Uh, same with the walleye and very conducive to the angling side. And I talked to him about this the other day. A lot of anglers were, were struggling with Chatfield in the high water. And I talked to a lot of anglers that simply aren't going to Chatfield just because they're intimidated by the high water. And I went out the other day. And any structure, so any taper, right, from, from shallow to deep, deep to shallow, it didn't really matter how the, the pitch of that structure, right? So whether it's a really gradual taper or a very extreme, you know, up and down vertical kind of, kind of taper, um, as long as I found structure, some sort of taper, in 12 to 16 feet of water, I caught walleye. So literally the entire lake. From Plum Creek to the dam to the swim beach to the bluffs to the inlet, anywhere where I had a transition in 12 to 16 feet, I caught walleye and I caught a lot of walleye. So I encourage anglers if you're kind of, you know, hey, the, you know, the water's up, I hear the fish are in the trees. Yes, there are fish in the trees, but not all the fish are in the trees. So I avoided the trees the other day, just kind of making, you know, some, some concepts for, you know, ideas to help anglers catch fish. And if you went to chat, field you fish 12 to 16 feet on some sort of taper um not in the trees and i tell you i caught fish so so that bite is going um and it's easy to find them and everywhere i went oh it almost reminded me of pueblo where every piece of structure had some fish on it so that bite's good Cherry Creek is very normal. All the structure points with live bait techniques are catching fish. Um, so, th so that bite is going very well. Then obviously uh, the mountain fisheries for pike, we're on a tremendous year. And I think the big difference of this year versus others, um, especially at Spinney, um, is the water was extremely low. So our, our weed growth rate, the weeds were growing up towards the surface, um, and now that they're filling the reservoir and they're holding a lot of water, the water just keeps climbing. It gained, I don't even know, four or five vertical feet. Um, you are now having a water level that's rising faster than the weeds, giving you opportunity to cast and troll above the weeds, um, and it is just producing a lot of fish. So normally, especially when we troll, we're done trolling at the end of May just because the weed growth gets too bad. We're still able able to troll right now so i'm able to go out there pull planer boards with big stick bait big swim bait and it's just a way to cover water above those weed flats 
and it is unbelievably productive, and we're catching some big fish. So so that bite's really good. Like I said, the Lakers are still shallow because that extremely cold water. Um, and then our, our midge hatch in the morning, so the Stillwater fly fishing for those big giant rainbows. And in the afternoons, we're swimming tubes, casting Tasmanian devils. Those bites are, are unbelievable for big, giant fish. So it really is a, a premium time to fish. And normally when we start seeing all these bites slow down the first week of June, we're still on the peak right now, which is pretty awesome. Now, for the people who might want to go to Chatfield and fish that 10 to 15-foot structure, what kind of presentations were working and will those hold up? They are going to hold up. I think we're going to see those presentations last all the way up into July. Um, and I caught them on everything. So I casted paddle tails with no bait and, and, and did more of a jigging stroke back. I used a jig head with live bait like a leech or a worm, and we jigged and caught a lot of fish. Uh, slip bobbers are working, and then all your live bait. So both slow deaths with like a revolve hook um, or like a small harness uh, with a night crawler, and those were working. The nice thing about what we're talking about, too, with that 12 to 16 feet, there's a lot of shoreline opportunity. So you can go to the handicap point. You can go to the point just west of the handicap point um, and catch fish. There is a massive point also extending out just east of the south boat ramp, kind of separating Roxboro Cove or Plum Creek and the South Marina. That point has walleyes all over it, all the way around it, um, and it, it's there from shore. So literally I'm catching from my boat, but I'm landing my jigs feet from shore, and I'm dragging bait feet from shore. So it's really great because there's more shore fishing at Chatfield right now for the summer pattern than we've had ever in history. Normally our, our shore fishing is peaked kind of spring and fall at Chatfield, but right now it's as good from shore as it is from a boat. So it's so a lot of opportunity, which is pretty neat to see. All right, my friend. Well, we have a few minutes left. Why would I care about hunting right now? I'll tell you, Terry, there's so much that changes, and here's the big key concept of it. Number one, we had a harsher winter than normal, so the the peaks still have a ton of snow on them. A lot of the animals have not migrated way back up into that high country. We're seeing a lot of the elk that are calving in lower country, which is kind of neat to see because once the calves are on the ground, they're going to stay put there for a while. So number one, right now, key date, you're seeing a lot of animals, so you're getting a good idea of what's in the general area. Hey, we have a ton of cows. We have this many bulls. Um, you can really see your herd counts on both deer and elk um, to get good ideas of where there's animals and where there's not animals. Um, you're also getting that good idea of what winter did. Did winter have a, a winter kill in your particular hunting area? Obviously, a lot of us keep hearing about kind of the key concepts of that northwest corner of the state that really got hit hard with winter kill. Um, but either way, you're getting get a good ideas of where there's animals where there's not what the what's the population like or hey you know i am in a new area because i know that i was a part of that tag reduction in the northwest corner so i i was planning on going there i no longer can because of the reduction of tags now i'm in a whole new area so there's a lot of time now still to scout but we usually don't get in the field scouting until we start seeing the cat the basically the elk drop their their calves and watch the the deer drop their fawns that is all happening right now so we don't want to interfere with that we definitely don't want to traipse around and spook them but you can drive around in a truck with a spotting scope or high-powered binoculars you can glass long range and you're really getting a good idea of the population in that area to know hey 
I need to spend more time here. I need to break this down or, Hey, I'm not seeing much. Let's keep moving in that unit to find other areas. So right now, why these animals are so exposed? They're by no means nocturnal. We're seeing animals out all day long. I watched a herd of elk yesterday, both bulls and cows out at high noon, right? The, the temperatures are conducive for it. The, there's a lot of moisture. There's tons of green grass. So these animals are spending a lot more time out in the open than they normally would. So now is your time to capture that. You know, we start getting in July. They're going to start going into more of those lower light kind of feeding times. So right now, get out there, find animals, and just basically get a good idea of what's good, what's going to work, and what's not good, and, and what your plan needs to be while you have time to do it. You know, I have a question along those lines, Nate. If I did still draw a tag in the Northwest, I know they were greatly reduced, but I, I, I had put in not knowing how it was going to be, did manage to get a tag. Uh, do I have to change my hunting approach quite a bit up there? You know, the biggest thing, I the, the snow is now melting. It's not like you're dealing with unbelievably high peaks up in that country, so you're not dealing with you know, 13,000 peaks that still have snow on it. So right now you can get up there and scout. So I would base it on your confidence as a hunter. So if I had those tags, I would get up there right now, like we're talking about, when the animals are out, when they're feeding, when they're very exposed. Of any time of the year, right now is when you're going to see the most animals. You'll see more animals right now by far than you will during hunting season. They're calm. They're spending time outside. So if you go up there and you can find animals now, I would stay with them. I would continue with my tag and I'd build a plan. If you go up there right now and cannot find animals, you don't feel confident. It is not going to get any better. Um, again, right now, I truly feel is the easiest time to find animals um, just because of the amount of time they spend out on their feet during daylight. So if you go up there and you spend, you know, multiple days and you don't find animals and you don't feel confident, I would 100 percent, you know, consider turning back in that tag. You have time to do that. Um, you know, to get either your points or your money back, you have time to find a new location, uh, you know, maybe even apply for the secondary draw um, and, and make a plan from there. So that's the other part of it. If you scout now, you still have time for the secondary draw, which is nice, uh, and or even an over-counter tag coming up later this fall. So a lot of time, but get out, scout now, get your answers to know how to set a plan for the future. All right, I have two questions for you. One is how big was that big pike? you caught how much do you think it weighed and what do you got coming up for activities absolutely so we got some big pike going on right now i threw one on a scale this week and we had a fish going 27 pounds um and we've seen a lot of fish in that mid 20 pound range that 25 pound range which is very impressive we take those weights and i think so many anglers kind of associate length to to weight but in reality, when you actually put them on a scale, getting a pike in the mid-20 pounds, 28 pounds, those are extremely big fish. Uh, you know, it's easy to get a very long pike. Um, getting girth and weight on those pike is always kind of the second option. Um, and those fish right now, particularly at 11 mile and spinny, are unbelievably healthy. Uh, the fish at spinny are really activating on the, on the massive perch population in there, and they're gaining a lot of weight on it. Uh, and then those 11 mile fish are large as well. So a lot of quality fish up there in South Park. So we're excited about that. And then our big event is this Wednesday. I want to encourage 
everybody to come down. Uh, we have a very special one. So catch rate is this coming Wednesday at Chatfield Reservoir at the North Boat Dock. Um, a lot of anglers have questions. There's no pre-registration. So you just show up to the lake. It's $20 per species, per angler. The fishing hours are 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. You check in between 3 p.m. and 4 p.m. But this is the J.J. Branson event. So last year, uh, we, we lost the incredible angler friend, father, husband, J.J. Uh, Branson. Major uh, competitor in the bass world. Huge involvement with the Denver Bassmasters. Uh, and Terry, overall, just one of those guys that... You'd spend five minutes with J.J., and he was your friend. We lost J.J. last year, um, and so we, we wanted to kind of put on an event just to honor him, uh, tell stories, and just have a day of remembrance. So it's our normal catch rate for walleye, bass, trout, and carp, but this particular Wednesday, J.J.'s biggest bass uh, at a catch rate event was 18 and a quarter inches. So if you beat J.J.'s fish this coming Wednesday, we have a 250 $50 bonus uh, for the angler that tries to challenge his JJ's fish right there. So, again, Wednesday is just a very special event. We encourage everybody to come out Wednesday. You can get all the details on our Facebook page at Tightline Outdoors or just our website. Give us a call, but we would love to spread the word. Even if you can't come, throw it on your Facebook page. Share our Facebook page. We want this to be a very big event uh, kind of in, in honor of JJ Branson. All right, my friend, we are well out of time, but we will talk to you again next week. We'll talk to you soon, Jay. Thank you so much. Nate Talinski. Hey, we're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we're going to take you up to the North Park area where there's always big fish we want to hear about. That and so much more on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.